Joe, Josh, and Adam coming to you live from wherever. This is the Little Green Men Show. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> so I was at an appointment right before we got on, and I've been driving this little Kia Rio that I bought. Picked up the car for like nothing. Super cheap, put some work into it. But I've been driving this tiny car, and I usually drive every day. My daily driver has been a like god off, like giant pickup forever. But I've been driving this little tiny car for the last three, four weeks now. Drove my truck to my appointment today, and I, f- I will now never make fun of my wife for not being able to like park or drive my truck ever again. Holding the Sonic, like, huh? Did you, like, forget how to drive and park your own truck? Yeah, it felt humongous. Like, I have a CDL. I drive, like, tractor trailers. And I'm in this tiny little, it was Taco Bell parking lot. And I'm, like, in two lanes because I didn't have enough room to, I didn't, like, swing it out wide. I've been used to this tiny little tic-tac of a car, a roller skate. Yeah. And everything just felt big. I felt like I couldn't see around it. I, I wasn't used to it. It's got a column shifter. So, like, nothing, it felt so foreign. I tried to put it in reverse, and I put it in neutral, and I can't see the car behind me, but it looks like there's one because I'm so much higher than they are. I go to, like, check the backup camera just to see if somebody's behind me. I'm in neutral. They're like, hey, you're about to, hey, hey, you're, you're gonna, oh, my God, shit, like, I am fucking up today. <laughs> like, like, I don't know if I can, I will probably get in an accident if I do not start driving that on a regular basis again. Because it just felt giant. Were you ever in uh, in a hat company, Josh? Oh yeah. So I remember one time, man. We uh, we had taken them um, far, and uh, when we were coming back, you know, we had, we had been out on the the hats for like two weeks straight, maybe three weeks. I think it was actually three weeks straight. And uh, we got back, and I jumped in my old F one fifty. Man, I felt like I was driving like a little RX seven or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's and that's how it goes yeah it's good times yeah like same thing like i've driven the hat trailer a ton and i feel, feel like my vehicle is tiny but just since i've had so much wheel time in this tiny toaster of a vehicle my half ton pickups seem giant man good times is that uh was that one of your points of interest for the night no, not at no, all. I no, just, like, just, you just wanted to talk about your, your Tic Tac <laughs> car. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Like the thing's falling apart too. Like right as soon as I bought it, after after I started driving it, everything started to go wrong. I drove home on three cylinders yesterday. Oh man, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I was talking to uh, to a couple of my buddies like a week or two ago. We were talking about inflation, and. I, I was telling them that I was I had pulled up the uh, like what the my car, my my Lincoln is currently selling for. Mm-hmm. And it was like eight thousand over what I bought it for like two years ago. So substantially more two yeah. years later than when I bought it. And I was telling them, I was like, man, I might just sell my car, you know, take the money and go buy like a little beater or something like that. Um, of course, I wouldn't do that, you know, because what I would get would just be not worth it. But um I was talking to my buddy and he said that his, his one of our mutual friends 
had sold his 2020 Silverado and went and bought like an 03 Tacoma cash from selling the Silverado. <laughs> just just because, you know, everything is selling for so much right now, like new vehicles and stuff. But having that little beater, you know, if you can get that that piston fixed and, you know, keep it running, it might be worth it for the time being. Oh, yeah. Well, I just have fire. I ended up already fixing it. Drove it home today. Oh, nice. Purse, fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just waiting for the next thing to go wrong. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like the radio one day. Everything was in line. Radio, then brakes, then just left work one day. And there's three, mis- four misfires out of nowhere. Yeah. Changed the plugs, one of the coils broke. It was awesome. Do you have like your own diagnostic tool or do you use one at work? I use one at work. Actually, I have one of the little uh, OBD2 to your phone scanning ones that work pretty good. But Oh, cool. I steal the fancy snap on one from work all the time. Hmm. My buddy owns a shop, man. So he's got one of those like $10,000 uh, code reader ones. I mean, it'll tell you like, um, yeah, your you know, still. What? Tell you, hey, your car's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it'll be like it'll be like cylinder four misfired seven hundred times, you know, during this one minute, and then like it breaks it down by. I mean, it's it's actually like it's crazy how much stuff that thing picks up. Speaking of heads and that tool, actually, like I get kind of nerdy about it, but I've got the same tool at work, and I can use it for Oshkosh and CAD equipment. Hmm. So if I'm trying to figure out like what's wrong with I could do exact cylinder cutouts on the engine to like figure out if an injector is bad or what's going on. So I can totally cut out one in one cylinder and just see if like the noise changes or if the problem continues or is worse. It's actually kind of fun. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So one of the, uh, <laughs> you know, it's hard to talk about anything without it being deemed controversial by someone, you know, uh, and I'm, I know we've talked about this a million times, but I'm interested in pretty much anything and everything, uh, conspiracy theories. I love them just for, you know, the, the thought provoking nature of them. But, uh, this isn't so much as like a conspiracy theory as it is just, uh, something that I was thinking about the other day. So yeah, you guys know that, that, uh, judge Brown Jackson, she's currently, um, you know, having her appointment hearings, on Capitol mm-hmm. Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole issue, uh, like yesterday or the day before, when she was asked, I, I don't know if you guys saw it, but she was asked what, sh- how she would define a woman, and she refused to answer the question, right? Did you guys see that? Yeah. No. She said, yeah. I'm not a biologist, so I can't answer that. Yeah, you know, that's man, where that comes from. Yeah, so I had spent, I had spent you know, a couple of minutes thinking about it <laughs> at the time. And I'm like, you know, a question like that, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like, you cannot mm-hmm. answer that question without somebody not liking your answer. It's it's impossible. I, I, you know, I would, like, implore anybody to try. So my buddies had, uh, a couple of my buddies had sent me um, just, like, you know, snippets of it or whatever, or memes. And I was like, immediately, just, what's your definition of a woman? How would you define a woman? So I'll ask you guys that question. Like, how would you define a woman? Genetically chromosome sexual organs. Yeah. I think uh, chromosome might actually be the best answer that I've heard. 
Because I heard yeah. like, oh, you know, maybe you could base it off of like, you know, whatever their hormone levels are. Right. And I'm like, well, that doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense, you know, because that's easily manipulated. You know, you can pop a couple pills and change your hormone levels from, you know, primarily testosterone to primarily estrogen. And so then you raise the question of like, well, what if you use sexual organs? Mm -hmm. uh, not the organs that are intended for mating, but, you know, actual sexual organs like ovaries and eggs and stuff like that. Some people are born without those. I mean, of course, that would be the exception and not the rule. Um, but then you get into the ideology, ideological piece of, uh, well, I, I believe that I'm a woman, right? And you guys could use that as like a soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Carpenter believes he's a woman. Yeah. Uh, you can't believe you're something. Like you can have all the feelings you want. That doesn't make you biologically or genetically that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and we could, and that's what I'm saying. Like we could deba debate the semantics of that all day. But my point was, is that like, no matter how she answered that question, somebody was going to take offense to it. You know, if she said if she had said, um, you know, if you have an XX chromosome, then I believe that you're, you know, a female or a woman, because uh, I think that the actual word that was used was woman. Or, you know, if it's based off of your sexual organs or your reproductive organs, you know, you know, pick one of the two or if it's based off of your hormones. It doesn't matter how she answered that question. Somebody was not going to like the answer. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I, yeah, I you know, when you're when you're asking a judge that. You know who's worked in law their entire lives like i agree with her like you're not a biologist she's not a biologist right so i you know i think that, that it's unfair um and like it really like distracts from like more important issues when we're like oh my god she can't define a woman you know she said she's not a biologist that's my that's my two cents on that yeah that makes a lot of sense actually What's next on the docket? What do we got? So I was trying to think of things like on my drive up to my appointment that I want to talk about. And it was actually like one specific commercial. I've got, I've like kind of been thinking of that. I saw like last night. It's for a new prime video TV series and it's starring Lizzo and a bunch of her friends. And it's called Big Girls, B-I-G-U-R-R-R-R-L-L-S-S-S, -S -S. something along those lines, multiple letters on the last one. But the entire commercial is nothing but them dancing the entire time. And it didn't tell you anything about like what the show is going to be about, but it got me thinking of like how I feel about in today's society with like plus size mannequins and that show being very pro large woman it where i draw the line of like somebody wanting to be proud and feel sexy to me wanting like my children to like have a healthy life and they're like that's probably not okay to be severely overweight for your health and i'm trying to wrap my head around where like i will be because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, I probably won't attend any of the any of the shows. But how to like, and that's another thing where if I had a side either way, it's gonna offend somebody. Somebody's not gonna like my answer. But you know, like 
to a point it should get to almost in my head, I guess I'm kind of showing where I, where I stand on it, but like, you don't see smoking commercials anymore because people are like, Oh wow. If you keep doing that to your body, you're going to take years off your life. Essentially. It's not good for you. And in a way to me, it's depicting the same thing. You're not taking care of your body, your, your mode of transportation, like how you get around every day. Shit's going to start failing. Like it's not a good way to live through life. And now it's very like, I, I did see, I've seen plus size mannequins, like all this kind of stuff. And I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Like, where do you fit yourself in between on that? I think well, you should be comfortable with your body and be comfortable with who you are. But at the same time, like you should also strive to be the best version of you that you can be like Adele. Like, she used to be a larger woman. She gets Everyone? hated on. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's you get discriminated. Like, take Planet Fitness for example, right? Oh, they have the lunk alarm and they intimidation free. No, there's all these out of shape people there that pick on you if you're remotely in shape. Oh, don't worry, yeah. the lunk alarm went off. You can work out now. Like, no, fuck you. Where's the no intimidation thing? Why are you being a bully? Like, I can't mm-hmm. bully you into be, being skinnier, but, like, you can pick on me for caring about my health. Does that go into kind of a victim thing, you think? I think so. At some point, we should talk about uh, victimhood in the military, because that, that's something that's bothered me for a very a long thousand time. thousand percent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's about <laughs> to get way worse if this draft thing happens. Oh, yeah. You know what, man? I was thinking like all those people who are like, yeah, we should go in and fuck up Russia. Like, I want to take screenshots of that so that when they're those same people are like, I'm a conscientious objector I can call them out for it. <laughs> I've got I'm I've just got saying. flat feet and I'm and I'm gay. Like, don't take me. I've got flat feet and I'm gay. Like, yeah. I can't. Luckily, no that doesn't bar you from enlistment anymore. Yeah, uh, no. So uh, a couple things I was I was thinking about with the. Uh, you know with with what you brought up about the lizzo show big girls um so first of all the mannequins um i I forget what the exact percentage is of the united states being obese but i feel like that's kind of a necessity at this point right it's hard to avoid okay yeah Uh, yeah yeah. so you know that that's an inevitability Uh, you know i don't necessarily think that we should be encouraging um people being overweight but it is what it is um the other part of that is I was expecting the big girls to be spelled with a Z on the end. You know, it could have been. I might yeah. have not had full attention. I know there was additional letters that wouldn't normally be there in the traditional spelling. One of the things that uh, when I was thinking about, like, I was expecting a Z to come on the end. Um, mm-hmm. Back when I worked down in Dallas, uh, we, we used to get asked a lot to do uh, large sporting events. And I'm sure Adam's heard me talk about this a million times, probably bored of it. Um but uh, every time I would go do color guard for a sporting event, I would get, you know, go get a haircut and get my eyebrows waxed. That was like okay. part of my ritual for, you know, for, um, you know, because you got to go, you got to go into the sporting event looking clean, you know, you can't go looking sharp, baby. Right, exactly. You know, you're wearing your dress blues and stuff. So one time I was up in like northern Dallas and uh, we had a color guard coming up for the NBA All-Stars and uh, I 
um, I was just looking for places to like go get my eyebrows waxed. And I come across this place and it was like um, Styles Cuts, but it's spelled with Z's. And it, it didn't like click for me at the time. And uh, so I get there and like, it's like a Friday, you know, and we 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 dress like business casual on Fridays. And uh, I just stroll through the door and it was like, it was like something out of a movie, like Friday or something. Like everybody, <laughs> it's like the record like screeched. It was like, Err! and everybody just stops and turns and looks at me. And uh, so I realized that the reason it was spelled with a Z on the end is because the primary clientele of this this business was black it's not yeah and, uh, <laughs> so every every single person in there like the dudes cutting their hair like stopped cutting the hair and all turned and looked at me and stuff and uh i had already gotten my hair cut but i'm committed at this point you know so here's this like skinny ass like nerdy looking white dude walking in and uh um the, the guy one of the guys cutting the hair he, he stops and he's one of the ones that looks at me and he's like can, can i help you and uh <laughs> i'm like uh, do you guys wax eyebrows? <laughs> so I'm already like committed at this point, you know, like I'm not going to walk back out the door. Like I'm here to get my eyebrows waxed. God damn it. And, uh, so he like points behind him to the back. And so I go into the back and that's where all the, uh, the black women were. And, uh, I go back there, you know, same thing happens. They're like, what the hell? <laughs> and, uh, so I asked him and, uh, sure shit. They, they waxed my eyebrows. Uh, turns out it was cash only place. So I had to leave, go get money and then come back. <laughs> The whole thing was pretty comical, but yeah, yeah, you made me think about that. But, anyways, um, that's my two cents on you know the whole plus size thing. I I, I think that it, there's definitely like a uh, uh, a cultural problem as well as a mental and um, not even just mental health, but like physical health problem in the United States. Yeah, like I think that show I'm sure will do well. People watch pretty trash television. Yeah, like, but. The whole the whole preview for the show was literally just all the characters just dancing. There was not a single word spoke. I was Classic. like, "What is this about? This is like, <laughs> is this the is the title the entire premise?" Nice. Uh, but I also think uh, I don't know standards on what's considered obese needs to be changed. Because, like, I took my kids to their doctor's appointment yesterday, and he's like, well, according to the chart, like, your oldest son is technically obese, but, like, clearly he is not. Like, like some has... army height and weight standards? Yeah. Yeah, like, according to the charts, like, oh, wow, he, he weighs a lot of, like, he's really heavy for his age. And then the doctor's like, but clearly he has quite a bit of muscle to him. Like, I won't call him obese, but according to this, he's technically obese. So I think that's another issue we have is we're still basing health standards off of pre-World War II when people were small, naturally smaller. It's weird that all those go off of weight as well. Like, it, it's never a body fat test. It's uh, your height, your weight, and then you're obese. So, I mean, some jack dude would come in with those standards shredded out of his mind. And come up as obese. I think that the explanation for why that hasn't yet changed, like the BMI, that's what you're referring to, mm -hmm. is because the argument would be made that even if you're jacked and like, you know, we'll say you're six foot and you weigh 250 pounds, but you're just solid muscle, you know, 5% body fat or something like that, your heart is still working harder 
to to keep you alive and just by virtue of your heart working harder you're going to live a shorter life that's that that would be like the the explanation as to why the the bmi is still used to this day i agree with you guys i mean like there should be a more reasonable standard um but if we didn't have technology if we didn't have easy means by which to um get like a you know a a, a decent uh, estimation of somebody's body fat percentage then all we would have is without you know using a bunch of electronics and tape measures and stuff like that or water displacement the only thing we got is bmi you ever done the calipers i've never done that but it seems like i don't understand how that test works is it just specific parts of the body they pinch you to see how fat you are then just measure i don't know i don't know the answer to that one i would be curious maybe we look it up jamie the, yeah <laughs> the bod pod uh, a lot of the Mo- like most bases will have at the wellness center have a full like i don't know if it's hyperbolic chamber but suck all the air out and it'll give you like an incredibly accurate reading of what your actual bmi is mm-hmm. adam may remember our uh, our buddies they uh they had like a super fancy like damn near an x-ray machine that that would uh look at like your proportions like oh, everything nice. i mean it was like an mri damn near Dick says, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything, everything about that place was impressive. Everything about those people was impressive. Yeah, and then like the impressive ones aren't even that like extraordinary. They're usually just some like regular dude that was like, "Nope, I'm not going to quit today." So, I guess we're going on with this. <laughs> yeah. Drafted a lot today at work, and people are like genuinely concerned. What, what are they also? What say again? What they're concerned about? Being drafted. Like I find it hilarious, and I do think that a time will come in our lifetime still where it's going to be applicable and get used, just with the way all the geopolitical events are going, like it's going to be unavoidable in the future. Could oh. you ever see where women would have to sign up for the draft? I know that that was talked about some just, um, you know, Hey, um, if everything's going to be equal, then you all got to sign up for the draft too. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that think... that'll ever happen though. No, my personal opinion. I don't think it should happen. It's fun to make the joke about, you know, feminism and stuff like that. Um, Because, like, it's it's just not going to happen. I don't know. And again, I don't think it should happen. The one thing we found out through the the new ads talking about, like, hey, make sure you're registered for the draft. Yeah. Yeah. You're a conscientious subjector or objector. FEMA is like, hey, we, we'll draft you and we're going to put you into like city government positions. Yeah, like, isn't that there's, wild? A, there's a picture of a person in like turnout gear for a firefighter. You're just going to take these piles of crap and then give them <laughs> like our jobs while we're Damn gone? Right. What's the current military policy for transgender individuals? 
Well, I know that they're reversing the Trump era bans on transgender people in the military. I, I don't know so, how far along they are. I just I, I do remember that that uh, being brought back into the conversation. So at some point, um, you know, the, there'll be integration of like the transgender training back into the military. There'll have to be like so many fucking chapters on like where you're at transition wise. If you're going to a draft, like if you're going male to female, which portion you're at to be draft eligible or female to male, at which point you're draft eligible. Good point. Very valid point. They may just put that on hold for that very reason. <laughs> <laughs> One of the points that uh, my, my buddy, I had, uh, um, you know, he has no military history, but I've known him for 30 years. And uh, me and one of my other uh, prior service buddies, we were uh, we had this like group chat and I, I had <laughs> I had sent those the, you know, the, the selective service uh, message, their tweet and uh, that FEMA commercial to him. And I was like, hey, man, like uh, frontline infantry. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was like, well, I mean, I guess if my buddies are going to be going, I might as well go, too. And he was but he had made the point that uh, you'd have all those inexperienced shooters there too and i'm like oh that's a good point man the ncos are gonna have their hands full with that one <laughs> that that part actually would suck and it's not even something you think about at face value what i think about at face value is i'm like those fucking people who are like yeah we should go fuck up russia those are the people i'm thinking about because i better fucking see your ass out there but no he, he, he's like oh dude it's like movement control sitting at the gate watching everybody else leave the wire and get to go do real jobs and they like they make all the draftees just a bunch of desk jockeys. Like here's Smith payroll, bitch. Yeah, payroll. You know, we make earlier. Now this is what you get to do. Mm-hmm. But on yeah. the other hand, like now fuck those people. Also, put them on the front line, cannon fodder. Yeah, you need bodies. Exactly. The general yeah, some, strategy: just well, you throw know, the most people at them. Yeah. <laughs> or I uh, grant. Excuse me. Yeah. Grant, huh? Ulysses Grant's like whole philosophy was just throw as many soldiers as they could at him. No yeah. tactics, no anything. And that's how they won the war. Hey. I'm just kind of in the situation in Ukraine. That was one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the uh, not. I mean, the draft kind of ties into that conversation. And of course, you know, uh, modern times, you know, uh, current news topics, the uh, not so much the war in Ukraine, because I think everybody is pretty privy to what's going on, but the the potential for nuclear war. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. you know, people like throw that around. And, uh, you know, those are the same people that are like, oh, yeah, we should go fight Russia. You know, forgetting that they have more nukes than NATO does. Uh, not to say that we don't have a lot of nukes, because we got plenty of nukes to wreck the world. But the uh, 12 times over. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. 12 times over. Yeah, that's, I think that's like the stat I hear. Uh, total sidebar, but if you guys have ever heard of the SAR Bomba, it's the largest nuclear bomb that was ever created by humans. Uh, I, I, I was watching a, an infographic and, uh, basically like what it was showing and like, you know, laying out the, the argument for it is that if you were to put a SAR Bomba at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, uh, with one bomb, you could essentially end the world because of the, the tsunami that it would create and then, basically igniting the ring ah. of fire and um, yeah. just the enormous earthquake that it would cause and stuff. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Pract- practically splitting the earth. Yeah. Like, well, I, yeah. I don't know if it would literally do that. It'd be pretty hard. Yeah, 
like a neutron bomb going off down in the Mariana. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, the the idea of World War Three, not you know, setting aside that you know the idea of of nuclear war, I think in terms of the ability to like think about it from a strategic standpoint, uh, the three of us probably are more qualified than ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population, uh, not just in the United States but in the world. Um, just by virtue of experience and knowledge. Um, so when when people are like, oh, yeah, it's going to be nuclear war. And like, you know, I, when I think about like, man, am I going to have to go back overseas? Like, I don't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. The reason I don't want to do that isn't because I don't want to fight, which I don't want to fight in somebody else's war. I don't. I really don't. Like, I just have no desire. I feel bad for the Ukrainians. Like, you know, I wish them all the best of luck. But like, I do not want to spend days on end in Mob 4. Yeah. Yeah. But the bigger issue for me is if if they throw me on an airplane and, you know, they go and drop us in Ukraine or anywhere in Europe and we got to fight Russians, the inevitable outcome of that is nuclear war. There's the the odds of getting into a conflict with Russia and it not turning to nukes is like. It's like the Doctor Strange thing, you know, when he like does his little like uh trip yeah when he's like yeah you know i saw 10 million outcomes and there was only one that didn't result in nuclear war (laughs) that's basically the odds you know and so i'm like if 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 we're gonna go to war with russia like i would really just much rather us throw the nuclear bombs and get that part over with like don't send me halfway across the world away from my family so that like they get smoked by a nuclear bomb and i gotta live through this shit and fight russians you know like, just let me stay home. You guys shoot nukes at each other. If if we survive, we survive. If we don't, we don't. It, it is what it is, you know? That's my policy with Russia right now. Like, let's not let's not go put boots on the ground. If if Vladimir Putin had the balls to go into Ukraine in the first place, it, if we go and fuck with him, it's going to go to nukes. Like, there's no getting around that. The dude's old. He doesn't give two shits. He'll put his daughters in a, in a bunker somewhere and just start slinging you know, the sun around the earth, but that's, uh, that do you think that he has, do you think that he has like that mentality now that he's older where it's just like, he wants to have his historical point in the world's history. Like even to the point where he wouldn't mind dropping a nuke on a country that even has some of his own soldiers in it, where he's more so fascinated with, being a worldwide historic icon kind of thing. Terrible or good, obviously. Becoming irrelevant. I don't know. Their latest speech is, one of them was saying, a world without Russia is not a world at all, and we will not stand for that. They're afraid of becoming irrelevant as a country. That's been my take on this since the beginning. Um, You know, even before this, this ordeal started with Ukraine was the you know of course there was a collapse of the the Soviet Union and then after that Russia still maintained like a a very large presence on the world stage and really just has been in like economic decline and uh social decline for a very long time um you know much like a lot of the industrialized world they don't have the population growth that they need to sustain themselves. They don't have the economic resources. I mean, they're just lacking in a lot of things. 
So maybe it's his way of staying relevant, or maybe it's their way of trying to claw back out of the hole that they're in to try to like stay relevant in the world. I, I don't know. I really don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just his way of saying like, I want to go down in the history books, whether it's as the good guy or the bad guy. Uh, it doesn't really matter, but God damn it. Like people are going to remember the name Vladimir Putin. Who knows? But you know, the bottom line, man, it, like I said, is that I just, I don't see any way out of it. If, if it comes to blows, like it's, that's that's game over from there. So I would really like to avoid that, if at all possible. Yeah, I mean, I could probably go without, you know, nuclear fallout. I haven't been following as much as I should, but uh, I was actually let's do a podcast that goes over all the stuff like we talk about on the way home. And we're saying that North Korea just shot there, and I'll forget the acronym of whatever missile it is it's just con- like subcontinental like it has the ability to fly all the way to the united states they last shot shot one in like 2017 that yeah me and adam pre- remember that very yeah. well don't we adam <laughs> <laughs> we are well aware yeah yeah those good times yeah they shot that same kind of missile in the last week or so went higher went faster yeah i was gonna and, say that uh, more range right that's yeah, the deal. Yeah. So there's a theory. You guys remember when Hawaii, like all the islands, received that text alert saying that there was an incoming nuclear missile from yep. Korea? There's a theory that it was actually launched and there was a bird in the air and we just intercepted it and played it off like, oh, sorry, hit the wrong button. Our bad people. I think at this point, nothing would surprise me. No. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe there wasn't maybe it was I, intercepted. <laughs> maybe I'm underestimating North Korea, but that's a... I'd rather much rather have a war with North Korea, I would think. Yeah, even with that, the uh, the wild thing about North Korea, when you, when you think about the DMZ and the... Uh, postures on the DMZ and the troops and then the proximity of uh, population centers of South Korea and stuff like that relative to the DMZ. All estimates put the initial uh, invasion like body count at 30,000. Mm-hmm. 30,000 dead. That's just, that's just U.S. forces in South Korea. Just U.S. forces alone. Yeah, doing that, that exercise was a real uh, eye-opener to how terrible another korean war would be yeah yeah i think i I mean correct me if i'm wrong adam but i want to say that like it was something like in the first day or in the first three days or something like that they projected the south korean civilian body count to be like a million it's insane because there's there's so many assets on the dmz and then you know what what else would come from behind the dmz of course um, but the like Seoul is, I believe, inside of artillery range of the DMZ, the the North Korean yeah, artillery. Range. Aren't they within like just a few miles of the actual DMZ? Oh yeah, yeah. And the majority of North Korean artillery is pointed directly at Seoul. Yeah. So when people talk about troops, uh, U.S. troops that are that are stationed on the DMZ. 
the, the principle of them being on the DMZ is basically to, to be like a like a speed bump if if North Korea decided to attack South yeah. Korea. Yeah. I mean, of course, what would follow for North Korea after that would be carnage. You just absolute carnage, like just <laughs> devastation that the world has never seen before. Because yeah. if you were to wipe out 30,000 U.S. troops, then like the next day, you just you better be prepared for what follows. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough. But yeah, North Korea, I mean, it would it would suck at first for sure. But in the end, it's still better than the alternative of, you know, Russia or China. Neither of those would be a very appealing prospect. I'm OK with no wars. I mean, that's a that's a life I'm all right with. Yeah, I would I would think that. Speaking of though, I haven't heard anything about it. Maybe it's because I'm not following anything, but there's got to be Americans still in Afghanistan, right? Like a decent amount. I actually don't. I I mean, I, there might be a handful, but I don't actually think that we. I don't think that we I have. Think we even took the, I don't. I don't even think we have the cool guys there, man. Yeah, I think we like legitimately pulled everybody out. I'm talking more so like civilians and contractors that couldn't get out for evacuation. Maybe that Tim Kennedy and all his super rad friends couldn't come find. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I think it's interesting that like Syria and Iraq completely fallen off the map. Was it the Al Qaeda like per, uh, announced that they were like anti <laughs> anti Russia? Yeah, they're anti yeah. every everyone now. Like <laughs> that's, <laughs> but like I still see videos from Syria where there's still like troops in contact on a pretty regular basis. God, thanks so. I'm still in contact with your mom on a pretty regular basis. Nice. Hey. All right, um, we got like eight minutes before we wrap this up. One of the other things that I wanted to to mention that I thought was pretty cool was uh, the Digital Markets Act that uh, the European Union um, was voting on, just voted on, that limits big tech in the European Union. There's a few things like, in there that I don't necessarily know that I agree with, uh, just in terms of you know free markets. But the... Uh, one of the things that I liked that came out of it was that the DMA also prohibits companies from combining personal data for tar for targeted advertising without explicit consent. So that's cool. That is pretty cool. Do you, do you ever think that'll make its way to the United States? Hell no. Yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> Hell no, man. I don't know. But no. one thing that I... Some of some of the free market capitalists might d disagree with me, but I will say that I, just by virtue of the First Amendment, think that um, social media should be treated as a utility, like a communication utility. That's my belief. You guys ever watch Ready Player One? Oh yeah, yeah. So the end where he he takes over whatever. The video gaming universe is the Oasis. Yeah, the Oasis, but they shut it down one day a week. Like, nope, go be a person. Yeah, I think that should apply to social media. Like once or twice a week, like blackout. Tuesdays. Nope. <laughs> Tuesdays. 
Go be outside, be with family, go be a real human being. Don't give a shit what Joe Schmo keyboard warrior is like, no. Tusker football sucks. (laughs) Fucking argument. Like, no, just shut it down for a day. Make people realize what being a human is again. Have you guys done like total social media blackouts, dropouts, or anything? Extended period of time? I can think of a few times where it was forced upon me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've tried to, but then my wife is like, hey, you need to get back on the neighborhood group and talk to so-and-so's parents, whatever. I'm like, why can't you do it? She's like, oh, I'm not doing Facebook anymore. I'm like, oh, well, either was, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll get it back, I guess. I got I got rid of pretty much everything for a while. And then, like, one by, and, and whenever I didn't have anything, it made me realize, like, how much I really don't care about any of that stuff. It's just, like, a time filler. Like, time that I could be, like, enjoying being outside. I'm just staring at my phone or my computer. But still, one by one, like, each one of them still slowly came back. I don't know what that's about. I don't think I have any more enjoyment because I have them. It's just, like, it just fills that idle time where that 30 seconds where I'm not doing anything. Like, I don't know how many times I probably, like, lean back in my chair at work open up Facebook or something, scroll down four pieces, like four times. Remember, I don't care. Leave it. Then I'll go to Instagram, do the same thing. Leave it. Then I just go on a rotation of like Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Then we'll repeat and repeat. Then I'm like, okay, now I'll go back to doing work or whatever I'm doing. Mm. I hate that. I, I need, That's something I'd actually really like to try to like make a goal for me to stop because I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I've actually, I mean, I've noticed that I'm happier without it. Somehow, like, each one, one by one, came back. So what I started doing with, like, Instagram is just following useful things. So, like, there's a lot of medical training stuff out there, and guys are doing a lot of different things. It's interesting to see, and like, hey, can we do that here? Can I implement this somehow? Mm -hmm. Or, like, I'm interested in survival stuff. So, like, that teaches you a skill. Like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. I'll do that. I try not to follow all the other bullshit. Just like, no. Bullshit, yeah. That kind of stuff always makes me want to, like, spend a bunch of money, though. I'm like, man, I could totally (laughs) use, like, eight river water straws, you know? (laughs) Like, (laughs) filtration straws. It's like shit that doesn't make sense. You know, one thing that helped me with uh, with Facebook in particular was uh, I had it like on my home screen, you know, so when I would open up my phone, all I had to do is just tap and uh, mm-hmm. I, I removed it from my home screen. So it's buried in with all my other apps. And uh, so there was like, you know, a few days where just out of habit, you know, like I just was like sitting there and like I would just pull it open and I'm like, why did I even open Facebook? You know? Yeah. Um, so just by doing that one little thing. And like I would open up my phone and go to tap on it and I'm like, oh, it's not there. And then it would kind of remind me, I, I, you know, maybe I don't need to jump on Facebook right now. And then I would put away my phone. And I, I use I use Facebook a couple times a week. And it's the, pretty much the only time I jump on Facebook is when it's like um, Adam commented on Josh's Facebook post, you know, mm-hmm. or like, hey, today is so and so's birthday. That's pretty much the only time I use it. 
I use TikTok a lot more now uh, just because I feel like it's more wholesome. At least, you know, my feed is because the algorithm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like either like funny stuff or just like cute stuff, whatever. And uh, so I'll use it a couple times throughout the day, but it's not like an all day, everyday thing. And when I open it, I mean, sure, you know, I'll get sucked into it for a half hour. Um, but when I look at it the most, it was like, you know, when I'm like done for the evening and I'm sitting on my couch and I'm just like decompressing, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna watch some funny videos, scroll TikTok for a little bit and then go to bed. But like I said, that one little thing, just moving it and having to like look for it because I was so used to it being in a certain spot. That one thing helped me out a lot. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And actually, I also like that decompress. I do off TikTok, but I'll use like reels on Instagram. Watch a few of those right before bed. They put me in a good mood. Z out. Yeah. Get those little Z monster beating on the back of your head. Just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, or drop my phone on my face. I split my nose doing that one day. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, dude, you use your phone a brick? Like, do you have like a brick so, case built around it? I was actually. I can't. Like when I said one day, it was like a while back, but it was. I was deployed and I was laying on my back with my iPad with my hands straight out in front of me, straight on my back. I have an iPad Pro, like pretty large display, real sharp corners, everything squared off. I'm just kind of nodding off Z Monster, drop that thing, split my nose right across the bridge. You messed Ouch. up. You have to use the boot blousers to hang it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes. Ah, yeah. Hmm. It's amazing the clever stuff you come up with. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. 